0: h-e-l-p dot slash sober. I'm Jill and I'm a sober scientist who talks about the science and psychology of addiction. There are a lot of things that influence developing an addiction and none of them are that we're weak-willed losers. In the Sober Powered Podcast, you'll learn how and why addiction develops, how alcohol changes the brain to keep us drinking, and most importantly, that you're not alone. The things you experience are experienced by many of us welcome back to the sober powered podcast today i'm going to talk about how sleep changes from when we're drinking into sobriety I'll explain how alcohol impacts sleep, how sleep changes in withdrawal and early sobriety, and when you can expect your sleep to fully recover. You'll learn how lack of sleep while we're drinking exacerbates the damage alcohol causes to the brain and five strategies for coping with insomnia in sobriety. So let's dig in. Alcohol makes us fall asleep faster, which is why we believe that it helps us sleep. This is the only benefit that alcohol has on our sleep though. And please understand that passing out is not the same thing as sleeping. Passing out is more like going under anesthesia than it is going to sleep. Studies have found that over 70% of patients with alcohol use disorder complain about sleep difficulties. Patients mostly complain about sleep fragmentation and daytime sleepiness, which makes them take naps. More than 90% of patients with AUD report sleep disturbances in the first week of sobriety, and this is due to hyperexcitability of the brain. If you remember from episodes 22 and 64, alcohol slows down brain activity, so the brain adapts to try to bring brain activity back to normal because the brain is always seeking to stay in balance. When we suddenly remove alcohol, the brain is overexcited because alcohol isn't there to calm it down anymore. It takes time for the brain to regulate and relearn how to calm itself down. And this overexcitability shows up as increased anxiety in early withdrawal and as insomnia. When we drink alcohol as a sleep aid, it does help us fall asleep quicker, but it suppresses REM sleep, reduces our total sleep time, and causes us to wake up frequently. Drinking alcohol within an hour of bedtime can suppress melatonin production by up to 20%, and melatonin is what helps us feel sleepy. So REM sleep is where we dream, and it's critical for normal brain function and emotional well-being. After getting sober, REM rebounds after five to six days. So this means that there are more periods of REM sleep and a shorter interval between REM and non-REM sleep. Many studies show that total sleep time is reduced in people with alcohol use disorder while they are drinking and in early recovery, with almost no exceptions. But with prolonged abstinence, total sleep time does recover. Dreaming helps us process our emotions. If you're struggling with stress or anxiety, you will likely have more nightmares. And while we can dream in all stages of sleep, dreams are the most vivid in REM sleep. And what this means, if you are in early sobriety and you have REM rebound, so you're going into REM much more often... And put on top of that the stress of getting sober, that is how we get relapse dreams. So I discuss relapse dreams in a lot of detail all the way back in episode 3. So make sure to check that out if that's something that you're struggling with. But overall just know that relapse dreams are super common. So now I want to discuss how sleep improves over our sobriety. And a lot of these improvements come In later sobriety, but I don't want you to get discouraged because there are so many improvements that occur in the first one to three months, both physically and mentally in sobriety. So you have a ton of things to be excited about and grateful for if you are in the very beginning. So there are a lot of different studies that have documented that patients in early sobriety, which is considered the time from when acute withdrawal ends to eight weeks of sobriety, still complain about their sleep. They struggle with difficulty falling asleep, waking up often, less sleep in general, and daytime sleepiness. About 36 to 72% of patients report insomnia. Insomnia affects the brain and our cognitive abilities too. So insomnia causes issues with working memory, retaining information, problem solving, episodic memory, which is memories of specific events like your first kiss or going to prom, problem solving, mental flexibility, controlling impulses, and time-based reactions. These are all things that our prefrontal cortex controls, which we know alcohol damages. So insomnia in early sobriety just worsens the cognitive deficits that are already present from the damage alcohol has done to our brains. So in other words, you might feel worse before you start feeling better. But keep reminding yourself your brain and your body are healing. By one month of sobriety, sleep has probably improved, and studies have shown that it gets better, but it's not as good as healthy controls. Sober people may still struggle with falling asleep, waking up often, and having trouble getting back to sleep. Perception of sleep quality is really important too, and your perception of sleep quality can make you feel worse about your sleep, even if it wasn't as bad. So our perception of sleep quality may still struggle longer into sobriety. Compared to healthy controls, perception of sleep quality remains lower for up to a year of sobriety. Despite this though, studies have found that there's a significant improvement of insomnia symptoms during the first six months of sobriety. Difficulty falling asleep tends to resolve within five to nine months of sobriety. But sleep fragmentation or waking up a lot can last for up to 21 months. And by two years, sleep has mostly returned to normal. So that may sound really intimidating. Even sleep in early sobriety, when it's all weird, is still way better than drinking sleep. Because when you were drinking and you passed out, your body wasn't resting or recovering. It was just kind of sitting there doing nothing. So even if you're dealing with insomnia symptoms, your body and your brain can actually have restorative sleep. And this is why I don't wear a Fitbit anymore because of sleep perception. So I would wake up feeling like I got a decent night's sleep and then I would look at my Fitbit and it would tell me I woke up a thousand times and had all this awake time. And then I was like, oh, well, I guess my sleep was horrible then. And then I would start to feel really tired and bad. So if you are having that experience with a Fitbit, I definitely recommend reconsidering using that. So when we sleep, our short-term memory is consolidated into long-term memory. So memory consolidation mainly happens during non-REM sleep, but REM sleep helps consolidate emotionally charged memories. One 2009 study had two groups of people with alcohol use disorder. One was sober for about two to four weeks, and the other group for 10 to 22 weeks. In both groups, daily drinking negatively impacted memory while sober, and how many years they drank impacted the overall amount of non-REM sleep that they got. Both groups struggled with memory tasks, but they were able to significantly improve their performance with practice. The researchers concluded that chronic, problematic drinking negatively impacts non-REM sleep, which impairs the brain's ability to consolidate memory. So what this means is that memory takes time to improve, but if you work at it, you can strengthen your memory. Studies done in healthy people without AUD have found that sleep deprivation impairs the ability to decode emotional expressions, especially anger, happiness, and sadness. Problematic drinking also impacts these skills. If you listen to episode 60 about how alcohol impacts our cognitive abilities, then you may remember that empathy and understanding facial expressions are the skills that take the biggest hit and are the slowest to return in sobriety. It's interesting that poor sleep quality also impacts this skill. So it's not only alcohol damaging our emotional centers of the brain, but our lack of sleep impacting their function too. And remember, just because you passed out doesn't mean that you are actually getting real good quality sleep. So while we're drinking, even if it seems like you got a good night's sleep every single night, you probably didn't. So alcohol-related brain damage contributes to our poor sleep quality, and poor sleep quality exacerbates the development of alcohol-related brain damage. A 2019 study found that recently detoxed AUD patients who reported higher levels of cravings also had insomnia and difficulty falling asleep, so poor sleep quality can be a trigger for relapse. This study included alcohol-dependent patients and found that the group with insomnia had consistently higher cravings compared to the group without insomnia. We use alcohol to try to treat our insomnia and fall asleep faster, but eventually develop a tolerance to the hypnotic effects of alcohol and require more to get the same tired effect. Then as we develop a problem, alcohol worsens our insomnia, and this insomnia worsens the brain damage that all the alcohol is causing, so they feed off of each other. And when we get sober, we have no idea how to treat our insomnia, but know for a fact that alcohol helps us fall asleep. This is why insomnia can be such a huge trigger. It does help you fall asleep, but then it makes your sleep terrible. But since we're more concerned with instant gratification, those consequences don't really come to mind. We just care about getting to sleep. The ventral tegmental area is right in the middle of the brain and receives information from other parts of the brain that tell it how our fundamental needs are being met. It then sends this information to our reward center. So a couple studies from 2016 and 2017 found that the ventral tegmental area or VTA promotes wakefulness, especially when we are highly motivated through its connections with the hypothalamus, which is where hormones come from. So when we're craving alcohol, we are highly motivated, and this motivated feeling can worsen insomnia, which will then increase our cravings. So when the brain is motivated to seek out a reward, it promotes wakefulness. So if you're struggling with cravings, you're probably going to feel pretty awake and struggle with falling to sleep and staying asleep. So if you're struggling with sleep and sobriety, then here are five tips that I hope will help you. Number one, limit the amount of time you spend in bed. If you're struggling to sleep, then you will probably want to stay in bed late and take naps during the day. But broken sleep that is spread out throughout the day is going to make it more challenging to sleep the next night. So I recommend giving yourself eight or nine hours in bed and then get up no matter what. If you stay in bed late, it's going to be harder to get to bed the next night. Tip two, take melatonin. I struggled with insomnia for the first three weeks of my sobriety and melatonin helped me a lot. Look up Tranquil Sleep on Amazon. So if you're newly sober, I don't recommend trying to take sleeping pills because you don't want to become dependent on them and develop a whole new problem. But melatonin can be a big help. Tip three, go to bed at the same time every night and wake up at the same time every morning, regardless of the day. I know no one wants to hear this, but it makes a big difference. Don't try to get up at 6 a.m. for work five days a week and then stay in bed till 10 a.m. on the weekends. All that does is make it really difficult to go to bed Sunday night or whatever night your weekend ends. If you develop a routine for sleep, then your body knows it's time for sleeping. I go to bed every night at 930 30 and watch funny reels and laugh with my husband. Then we chat a bit and I'm tucked in by 10.15. I wake up every morning at 6.45 a.m. Doesn't matter the day. And even if I don't feel tired or I really wanna stay up and have fun, I still close my eyes at 10.15 and very rarely have trouble falling asleep. My body just knows that it's time. So you may not feel tired, but just try. Number four, get rid of the clock in your room. We don't have any clocks in the house at all. If I wake up and see what time it is, I'm done. All I can think about after that is how many hours I have left to sleep. And then because I lay there awake thinking about how many hours I had left, I start beating myself up for wasting the precious time that I had left, causing me to stay awake even longer. So don't look at the clock and resist the urge to pick up your phone during the night. And tip five... Play with your wake-up time. I've found that I go back into a deep sleep around 7 a.m. and if I wake up at 7 or after, I feel really groggy and struggle to get up. That's why I wake up at 6:45. It's right before this extra deep sleep phase, and I wake right up. If you wake up all googly-eyed and weird, try to wake up a little bit earlier and see if that helps. So collect data about your sleep. And a bonus tip. If you are staying awake thinking about the past or struggling to sleep because of nightmares, then it's important to go to therapy and address that. Thank you so much for listening. I have a really special episode coming for you next week. And if you're on my email list, then you get a sneak peek of every episode the day before it comes out. It's free to join. I'm not trying to sell you anything. The link to sign up for my emails is in the show notes. I appreciate you and I will talk to you next week.